0: <laughs> what is it? What's
1: the other one? I don't uh, love you? you. I love you. You know New York. You need New York. You know you need unique New York.
0: I've never heard that before. I'm the movie business, bro. Well, that's yeah. the issue. What is wrong? With hey guys and welcome <laughs> to. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: We're just like We're starting like, in like God. the most. Like- yeah.
2: Hey guys and welcome to Sounds Like NYC, the only podcast dedicated to spotlighting New York City talent. And today we have. Patrick Sargent Whoa. from um, the RTs. You can find him on Instagram at the Team RTS band. Yeah. Thank you for coming.
1: Thank you for having yeah.
2: me. I am full of energy today. Yeah, you're Excitable. a firecracker. So, yeah, um, I, w- I was looking a little bit through the website, and I saw that it was like a really funny like, review. reviews like you guys are like the pizza of music. Oh, Saturday. yeah. Um, how, how would you describe your music?
1: Um, I mean, it's it's always evolving, so I feel like, I guess, the biggest, for me, the goal of the band is to be the smartest, most fun music possible, I guess. Mm-hmm. most the, the the closest intersection of genuinely interesting and genuinely fun mm-hmm. is where I feel like I'm always aiming, and whatever genre that happens to be, I think, is just a matter of our tastes at the time. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you, do you play? Do you feel like you play music more for like other musicians or like for just general audience members like, for yourselves?
1: That's what a great question. Say? I guess it's f- I, I'm my like biggest creative hero is like Julian Casablancas from The Strokes, and I think he always says it's like half it, half and half. It's fifty percent for me, it's fifty percent for them. But I would say that them is the audience more mm-hmm. so than the other musicians.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I'm already a musician, so if I'm playing to musician tastes, that'd be fifty percent for me, and then another fifty percent for people like me. Right which is kind of just
2: 100% for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I mean like w- when you say fun, though, like what do you, what do you mean?
1: Uh yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think fun manifests itself very differently in recorded and live mm-hmm. contexts. I'm not even really sure whether I listen to very much fun recorded music. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like recorded music is especially now such a more um uh it's so it's more vi- it's more based on vibiness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's more like being really engaging with the production and the sounds that really grab you, but maybe not in the same... Like, you don't put the same songs on at a party that you listen to by yourself. Right. You know what I mean? So those are, like, two separate things. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure... I'm not even really sure what that means. I've been, I've been thinking about that because we're finishing this album right now and we played some of the songs live, and live, they're, like, we go for the fun factor. Like, when we're, like, what... When we're making choices about the live arrangement, because it can't be the same as the recording because mm-hmm. we don't have four million people in the band... Uh, it's like what's what's the most fun version? What's mm-hmm. gonna be? What's gonna have that energy that yeah. like keeps going, keeps building? But then that doesn't necessarily work the same way on the recording. You yes. know, you're not like oh, this sounds like a really fun live band that almost never really hits. Yeah, yeah. you have to make like weird left of center right. choices that keep the listener coming back. So, but, but when
2: you're writing music, are you like writing with the idea of
1: like how it's gonna sound live or how it's gonna sound recorded? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, I guess how it's gonna sound recorded. Yeah. I mean, over over time, I don't know, I think, I feel like maybe what happens is you have a voice in your head that says, like, I got to think about how this is going to sound live, and then mm-hmm. maybe you do that for one album, then the next album, you're like, I, I'm just going to forget about that. Mm-hmm. And then and then you play those songs live, and you're like, those were boring live. I got to go back to thinking about it. Right. I feel like maybe it's a constant.
0: Well, like, what makes, like, in, like, your experience as a musician with, like, the RTs and even projects yeah. before, like what do you think makes a good example of, of a song that uh, works well live mm. compared to like only it's kind of like a studio baby?
1: Uh, of one of our songs?
0: One of yours. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or, or just in or, general? Or just in like general, like kind of like your songwriting, arranging process.
1: Um, yeah, I guess it mostly has to do with uh, the beat. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's like whether the, the song has a really strong driving rhythmic feel, mm-hmm. because I think um, if if that isn't happening when you see music live, then you're just standing there and watching it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're, it's, you're like at a concert, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like in the way that like seeing the symphony is a concert. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You're sitting there watching, but if the song has a great groove then you're it gets into your body mm-hmm. and you're kind of part of the song.
0: Mm-hmm. So basically keep it a more simple than like complex rhythm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Rhythm wise, or I don't know,
1: or maybe just um like I think the songs that really tend to not translate live are the ones that are really uh based on like an intimate like emotional
2: mm.
1: like a lot of the music that's really kind of trendy now is a really boring live. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I'm not even trying to like, yeah. that's not like shots fired kind of take. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Because it's so based on like uh, this these sounds and recording the vocal incredibly quietly. You know what I mean? And all these different things. Yeah. And these really specific type of low fire whatever production mm-hmm. sounds that you can't make live. So mm-hmm. you either do a less interesting sound or you just play to the tracks Mm -hmm. which don't sound that cool live Mm -hmm. because there's no stereo separation between all the different sounds. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, So, I don't know. I would say the best example uh, of like a great... I just saw LCD Sound System at the residency that was happening last month Mm -hmm. and I think that's... Those songs are a great example of a song that works incredibly well live which is a lot of like... And that's good, too, because you don't actually need to know those songs for them to be fun to watch live. Mm-hmm. Because it's just, like, it's kind of just repeating and building and building and building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like that kind of thing works the best, maybe. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: Like, like one of my favorite things is, like... uh Seeing how like with like you know rap hip hop artists how yeah. kind of like they're like live shows play. Music. totally like, it's fascinating like, like, like how like yeah like uh, like how their like live band completely changes the range yeah. of their songs and how I wish personally that like more like you know major rap artists would like record studio versions of yeah. like their songs with like you know full bands because it's a completely different vibe and, totally like, yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: did you guys watch that um. Kanye Drake Amazon uh, thing or no, whatever no. they did it like a live stream, but then it's just up on Amazon now. It's like yeah. a Kanye concert. Yeah, it's like an hour long. Yeah,
0: and yeah. is it just like an hour them and a half? I think with like you know backing tracks.
1: Yeah, I that's mean at, crazy. at the beginning it's like in a stadium in LA. At the beginning, I love the idea of listening to this podcast and being like, now it's just that guy describing a Kanye concert <laughs> that's, that I could watch on streaming. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but, but it's, it's like it begins with the choir and then it's mostly with the tracks. But uh, um. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, Jesus, like that—that's like really cool. Just like pocketing, like you don't have to worry about a band to like. I mean, I'm pretty sure like the it's money partly,
2: too. partly like yeah. I don't want to spend my money on other musicians if I can no, I pretty think, much do it myself. Yeah. It's like an ego thing too. I feel like I don't they don't think need so, the help. Because you know
0: like, what I mean? Um Kendrick, like, like Kendrick Lamar. I mean, he's like pretty big, but like every well, I feel like every Kendrick like has live a different show, mission. Yeah, though, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. When well, he
1: has, those are the guys that. Like, Terrace Martin and those guys are the guys that he makes the record with. So, yeah. it's like, you know, it's not just him and, like, a singular producer pulling, grabbing samples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I don't really, I really, like, don't have a problem in hip-hop when I go to a show and, like, they're just playing to the tracks because, like, mm. that's how the art form was invented. Yeah. That's how it's yeah. meant to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost like doing it live is, whereas, like, when you go see, like, a rock band and mm. they're playing to the tracks, you're like... <laughs> Kind of silly. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> silly. Just, like, <laughs> just
2: imagine, just like one fucking like singer and just like yeah,
0: oh, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it done before, and I've seen it done kind of well. Yeah, I do, yeah, it can but be, be done like, well. No, regardless, like if all else fails, like you, like you, like, you, like gotta have live drums. Like, like you, yeah, you yeah. Have, like everything else be like yeah. tracked. I think, mm-hmm. or, like, yeah, yeah, like, like totally. Like, as you were saying before, like no drums. Just like yeah. there's something primal, really, but yeah. just having kind of like you know Yeah. Um totally that sort of like impact on your like body and yeah, like yeah exactly. It's physical. Yeah, it has sure. to be yeah. physical
1: in that way. Yeah. Totally.
0: But I mean tell us a bit about I mean, how did you like end up in New York City?
1: Uh I ended up in New York City I moved here in two thousand nine. Wow. Uh to go to NYU. Oh um, yeah, NYU guy. Yeah. All right, so yeah I'm a fancy boy. <laughs> um yeah but I, I wanted to move I decided, you know, being a young kid who was i'm from portland oregon oh, and cool. who was like playing jazz music it, i just you know it's yeah. like a mecca kind of situation mm-hmm. so i decided i wanted to move to new york when i was like 13 years old oh, wow, and okay. then i did it
0: wait when you were um, not when you were 13 <laughs> when you were- and, then I just, <laughs> and then
1: i just did just it plane, i ran yeah. away from home Seep, i little stick then. with a pillowcase Now you know what i mean
0: no, with all my belongings no because we- uh,
2: like, I yeah. tell everybody who moves to New York City, like, don't. I don't know how you guys <laughs> fucking do it. <laughs> Honestly. Like, I, I... Thank God I was fucking, like, born here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be able to do that. It's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Yeah,
0: because, yeah, yeah. like, uh, like, how was your time at, like, NYU? Like- it was cool. I mean, that's a
1: challenging place to go as a school because it's not really, like, going to college. It's kind of just, like, moving to New York. Mm-hmm. and oh. And then the experience is pretty much the same as if you just moved here in the sense that it's such a big school yeah that well, like you're not able you're to of? uh I was I'm part of Steinhard Steinhard cuz that was in the music performance not the recording side um but uh yeah i mean it's just there's so many people there it's it's not like a normal college experience mm. where you it's really easy to make friends mm-hmm. because you like see them all the time you know what i mean it was like if you see someone and you're like oh i think or, like, you, you kind of have to make sure you get their phone number, like, that moment. You know yeah. what I mean? Or you mm. might never see them again, even yeah, though you go to really the same college, well. you know? Um, okay. So it was a little bit challenging. It definitely felt like, I mean, I had a, it was a huge cushion to have it that way, but it's like you're kind of just trying to start your music career mm-hmm. at 18. You're moving to New York mm-hmm. to study music and to play music, and you start mm-hmm. trying to find gigs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was very challenging. Yeah. But um, uh, And, yeah, I mean, I'm also not an amazing student, so yeah. I didn't, you know... But uh, but I met everybody in the band there.
0: Oh, so everybody's. At wow. NYU? And oh. We
1: started it while we were still at NYU. Crazy. Like junior, Jeez. end of junior year.
0: Damn, that's really cool. Yeah. Nice. Cause so.
1: Like, Ten years ago.
0: Would like it turn like personally like, I mean, if you were to talk to kind of like a younger inspired musician or like a younger version of yourself, like. Would you? Because I have my own feelings about it, but like again, like I study like music business, but yeah. you're more in, on the performance side of things. So they're yeah, two two separate paths. But like, what is your general advice to somebody that is going to apply for like a music performance program? Mm. And like, would you even like stare somebody away? Considering yeah, how, no, that's considering a, yeah. how like expensive school has gotten even since, yeah. since like you like attended like what is your personal advice to somebody that is trying to pursue music performance like a music performance degree
1: yeah yeah i am tempted to say don't <laughs> <laughs> i'm tempted to give that I'm piece tempted of advice to be like the i, I feel like the yeah.
2: only real catch to going to those places like you get to meet a whole bunch of different people right yeah i you know no, exactly that's something. the thing it's, it's easy just, like, to say stay that stay in like a, a yeah. starbucks and just like Oh hey, you play yeah, you get music? A guitar?
1: No way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, exactly. I met everyone that I work with, and I'm, everything I've ever done is because I went to that school. But I'm still tempted to be like, yeah. I mean, because it's it's definitely not worth the money.
2: Well, NYU's expensive. Like, yeah.
1: I mean, I'm I'm lucky that my you know my family was able to pay for me to go there, but. I don't think in the ten years since I've gone there I've made as much money as was I probably just this year, like mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like
0: <laughs> made back all the that you put your family
1: <laughs> Yeah, it, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, not really, but you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, it's yeah, like you understand. can't you understand. can't yeah, justify yeah. the yeah. sticker price at yeah. all. No, definitely not. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And especially with performance, mm-hmm. because like yeah, performance wages, I feel like, are really stagnated. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like if you're going to come to New York, like, one of the things you're going to try and do is just, like, play bar gigs and, like, be a local New York mm-hmm. musician, which can translate to being, like, a more of a global musician. Mm-hmm. But, like, it pays $100 or a little less to pay in a bar per night, and it's paid that much since, like, the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's, like, yeah, it's not, really, it's not really justifiable. And it's tough because, yeah, I think you could just move to New York and, like, Take lessons with someone. Mm. There are a million ways you could do it. Where you could become a, but I mean, I still I met everybody. I don't. Maybe I would say go to the recording music program instead.
0: Mm. I would even say that because like that's what that's what I did, and I, yeah, it was like junior year for me, and I kind of like had an epiphany of that like yeah, most of this stuff oh, this I is could taught myself on YouTube. This is all YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Like especially well, if like, anything, these days with like recording, yeah. But,
1: I- if yeah. anything, I feel like the rules. I mean, I it, maybe it's changed, but mm-hmm. the rules of recording that they teach in a school are like. This incredibly like sterile version of recording really? yeah. that's like maybe not all that useful. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like trying to get everything to sound perfectly sterile when what yeah, you really yeah. want to yeah. do, if you're gonna, is like make it sound cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're not gonna yeah. teach you how to make it sound cool because that's kind of just a taste thing. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. It is. Yeah. It does seem kind of. We- I I think like oh man, if I gone to the recorded music. Uh, school maybe it would have been less like that, and the core recorded music school at NYU d- is kind of like it's this small program, and like one person every year becomes enormously famous. Mm-hmm. So he's like, we, maybe I would have been that one person are, if I gone we to are that. We're
0: banking on Sonida to become. <laughs> so so we actually yeah, yeah. interviewed a well, she's a sophomore or becoming mm-hmm. a sophomore now, but she's a so she's a very interesting kind of like musician slash tech. Yeah tech, uh, what do you call them? Entrepreneur. Mm. And yeah, but she goes to Clive Davis and yeah. like, yeah, she's like, has like a very focused intention. Yeah. And yeah, she's definitely like a trailblazer. But I do understand what you mean, kind of like um, I guess it all depends on like the person, like at the uh, end of the day. As like generic as that sounds, but like looking yeah. back now, like, totally. are my... F- because I love my friends, I love everybody that I met there. But are they friends? worth twenty twenty thousand dollars of debt? No,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
0: still waiting on like one of them to come through and like become you know, super rich. Yeah. And like,
2: here you go, bro. No, no, Here's just, free rent for life. No. Thank you for being such a good friend. <laughs> yeah. of
0: college. Hey, if that happens, it happens. If you
1: yeah. can any way connect our friendship to the success you've had, you owe me exactly. my debt. Exactly
0: for I mean, having met yeah. me at school. Exactly, exactly. that's five percent of your success belongs exactly. to me. Five percent <laughs> of any any like any like royalties. Yeah, but like, I mean. What was kind of like the highlight of, of your life at, like, NYU?
1: Um, like,
0: as a student,
1: I mean. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I did enjoy the fact that I did some other liberal arts stuff, and mm-hmm. I was an English minor. Oh, okay, and that cool. was really good for me. Even just the choice initially to go to NYU uh, was one, and I think I share this with everybody in the band, because um, I am speaking as a representative of the band. Mm-hmm. Um, important for me to parlay back into a
0: yes you you can get me
1: going talking about me all day but um no but uh i think for all of us it was like there is this uh path that you can get on when you're doing jazz music and whatever you want to go to like a prestigious school like Mm. manhattan school music or juilliard or something Mm. and i think having been in that i guess hamster wheel or whatever for a bit in high school i started to realize like that it wasn't a trajectory i wanted to be on Mm. so i I was going to go to new school and then I decided to go to NYU because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that'll be like a more... Int- I was starting to realize that I was not a very well-rounded person, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. having spent all of high school playing saxophone. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and which is a p- incredibly weird niche thing. Yeah. Um And... Uh, so, I, yeah, so, so choosing to get a more general education and more, more of an experience like mm-hmm. that, I think, was ultimately the, the strongest part. And doing, yeah, and doing those English classes, I mean, I feel like it's made me like a lifelong like, reader and someone who like, enjoys writing, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that was probably the, one of the best parts of that specific thing.
0: All right, cool, cool.
1: So
2: tying back to the band, right? So yeah. the band's been a band for like 10 years now, right? How yeah. do you feel like that's helped sort of like get the sound, like you guys feel like you got the sound right? Or are you still yeah, like looking for that? Yeah,
1: I think we're just approaching it now. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting to reflect on because it's so hard not to be, to give in to the temptation to be like, oh, if we could have just made a couple, we could have skipped some of those years. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? If we had just known what we know now or mm-hmm. whatever, you know? Because mm-hmm. 10 years seems like a long time yeah. to be like, but we started from such a different. I feel like most people start indie bands or whatever because they like have a sense of what's cool and they yeah. want to like make a cool band. You know what I mean? They have kind of a vision for that. Yeah. And we started one that was like let's get all our friends and it was eight people at first. It was like let's Shit. get all of us into one band yeah. and then let's get gigs at bars and let's just like get rip-roaring drunk and play tunes. Yeah, Like our heroes used to it, 60 years ago. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Which is not even a path that anyone has taken in a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the bands that started that way are like I feel like the last of them were probably in the 70s or mm-hmm. something you know like yeah. the Beatles strategy of like mm-hmm. where they played in Hamburg every night for 8 hours you know <laughs> so we sort of like started the band to do that we're like mm-hmm. we're just going to put in a bunch of hours by mm-hmm. playing bar gigs which are 4 hours long instead of 20 minutes long mm-hmm. you know what I mean um, so I, I think there is something about the way that it all sounds and the way that we play together when you see it live that has that like true broken in chemistry that can only come from that mm-hmm. amount of time mm-hmm. you know which is what I think all like true band bands have. Mm-hmm. You know, which that's like an X factor to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I grew up idolizing that because I was really into jazz and all the best jazz bands were like that. Like the John Coltrane Quartet with McCoy Tyner or, you know, the uh, those Miles Davis bands when it's Herbie Hancock. It's like this mm-hmm. insane level of dialogue happening between the musicians while they play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think maybe that would be the biggest impact that it has. It's just this weird and tangible one. God. Everything else is kind of like, yeah, we all were on this journey together, and it took forever, mm-hmm. yeah. which is kind of cool in a way, mm-hmm. but it's hard not to be like, ugh. Yeah. Right.
0: Well, I guess now would be a good time to um, play like a song that- Off that, the,
2: uh, the newest uh, album, it's self-titled. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like, you
0: um, like a song in particular that you want us to uh, spin?
1: Yeah, let's play, because this one's pretty fun live. Let's spin. play uh, Never Let Me Down.
0: Never gonna let you down Never
1: Yeah yeah Ging, The rock song Yeah Yeah <laughs>
0: it's just, yeah, yeah It's just, it's just, just, it's just cover like a Rick right. ast- cover
1: But I think that's a good example Of what we're yeah. talking about With it being That one's That one's one that I can say Is fun life.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome Well Something that I haven't done in a while dirty, was just cooking
1: Take a look up at go And check out the garden
0: Fortunately, our audio interface didn't record the second portion of this interview due to a glitch, so please forgive the crappy audio. Hey everybody, welcome back to this episode of Sounds Like NYC. Um, we just finished listening to the RT's um, Never... Let Me Down. Never. Don't, oh, so it's just Let Me Down, right? Never Let Me Down. Oh, Never Let Me Down, okay, okay, that's why I did that whole thing before. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, through the hundred plus episodes
2: that we've had on, right? I've only been it's a always, part of yeah, like, you're all part of the, yeah, you've only been part of 50 of those. But like, every time we come back from the intermission, yeah, he always feels like he needs to do like, the reintroduction. Yeah, yeah. So he always forgets the, the name of the song.
0: <laughs> you, you can't expect me to remember the name of a song that I just only heard like 30 seconds ago. Well, like you right. a few minutes ago, that's but, true. um, <laughs> it's
2: too much for me to
0: expect from you exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have any expectations, then you'll be disappointed. Yeah, that is true, that's how you should live your life, kids. But yeah. uh, yeah, <laughs> um, is that Nietzsche? Is that a Nietzsche? Uh, Confucius, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't read a book in a couple of years, so I'm a bit rusty when it comes to uh, knowing who authors are, but <laughs> um, yeah, let's just like talk about um kind of like all of the interpersonal dynamics of being in a band that like you have experienced you know you being here yeah as as like your own entity but also yeah. kind of like as like a rep representative of the band like yeah. just like i don't know just like because i like to frame things as if you were like talking to somebody who was like younger who kind of was life. like more like inexperienced but yeah. From, from your experience being in a band, what are some like, do's and don'ts that you can identify after being in a band for like 10 years? Yeah. I mean, I think that
1: being in a band is ultimately, I mean, it's definitely my preferred way to make music. Ooh. Um, I think maybe a lot of people are like, man, I, just, I wish I could do my own thing. But... You know? Yeah. But I, I think that if you have the right combination of people and the right attitude which involves like the ability to be humble but also like very honest Mm so it's like I think and ours is is unique because we have multiple people writing for it we have three main songwriters and we kind of share that duty equally and then we have two other members that have equal kind of say you know it's a very collective process and we have a producer that we work with so you, as maybe the one who, who will be the most attached to a given idea, you know, say a song you're working on or whatever, you have to be really humble in your uh, kind of letting everyone critique your work, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then other people kind of have to be able to like, yeah, not be scared of offending you, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like an intense whole thing, but I think it, I think it makes, for me, it makes for a lot more interesting music mm-hmm. like I think like I just I've been really into this record by this artist Dijon you yeah. to him yeah. and he talked a lot about how he made the most recent record and he kind of made a lot of his stuff before then by himself mm-hmm. and he was just like really just once I let other people in it just started getting better because it was like if I record music myself I'm just trapped in my own tropes you know yeah. what I mean and it just starts to throw these curveballs and stuff and he worked with this guy McGee who's an like incredible star player and producer and it came out such an interesting record, but it's the kind of record that a single individual would never make, you know? Yeah. And I think I mean a lot of people are kind of working on music that way now. Yeah. As as you know, you kinda of have to be everything. Yeah. You know, one one person that can do literally everything. One band literally. Yeah. yeah. But I think that there's just so much to be learned from the experience of really uh, uh Taking your voice and putting in conversation with other people's voices. Yeah,
0: like, like even within the confines of your own band, or like yeah. even, even when, even in the past, or like when you like work on artists that aren't in your band. Like, what is the best way to go about uh, collaborating? Um, I guess yeah,
1: with a, with yeah, like I was saying, humbly but honestly, mm-hmm. and that comes from both sides, you mm-hmm. know. I think, if you're going to give that feedback, too, yeah. it can't be an ego thing. Yeah. You're like, I'm telling you everything that sucks about your song, yeah. and I'm right, because I didn't write it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's more, more ultimately you're trying to like unravel, you're both trying to unravel this thread and find out what's at the end of it, yeah. you know? It's like if you have a thing you're working on, you're like, man, I think it's so dope, and they're like,
0: yeah, not quite.
1: Yeah. You have to be like, okay, that person's hearing something, too, and when we get by the end of this process, we'll find something we both like, that hopefully will be even
0: more interesting than the thing I'm reacting really to. Yeah. About right now. How does how, a do, trust a lot. Yeah. how does that work practically? Because I'm talking about like everything from just like you know how do you, like setting up a session or like trading or yeah. you know, trading session notes. That was a big. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> <but, like, laughs> Trading like you know session notes and stuff like that. Like when it comes down to a more practical sort of like actual you know making of yeah. the track sort of thing. Like how well, do you... the way we started working on it now, which. I
1: think is, is, is a great way to do it relatively is that we all pretty much are capable of recording ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like each person is, is kind of that entity, mm-hmm. but then it's a, it's a it's a project where we all then work together. So like what we do a lot is like you start working on it and then each person kind of ends up, we do like that remote thing a lot, mm-hmm. which allows people to go into their own creative space. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sometimes band practice is just like I've got this song, and then you all get together, and you're like, anybody have any ideas? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And everyone's like, I don't know, man. It sounds okay. And yeah, you get out of band practice. And you're like, yeah, we got that song sounding okay. You know? <laughs> it is a song. And it, was, and it was really hard for us to get past that level for a long time. We right. kind of stagnated at, like, whatever that courage it takes to really push through, or the old ideas, or that being really honest about it. For a long time, we would work on a new song, someone come up with this, come in with a song and then we get to our arrangement that was like, Yeah, that's pretty much good enough and I don't have any other ideas, so I yeah. can't really complain. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no. And um, and the, the the technological thing, they they using our own recording where basically like we've had tracks on our latest album that we're finishing where someone would do like a full remix of the song. You know what I mean? Oh by like, themselves so yeah. that would be the final Yeah and then we'd we'll be like, sure. okay well here's, now we have like a million ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And now that's like whittled you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and won't necessarily make it to the final track, but uh-huh. but it's trying to get to the place where you have more ideas instead of less. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like too many instead of not enough, I guess mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say. And I think that's true with songwriting too. Like now when I write songs I'm like I just like keep writing verses. Yeah. And they suck, but I'm like, I'd rather have five bad ones yeah. or five five to choose from and pick the two that are actually good than one and like for a year I'm just gonna be like, Did one write person in that song? Yeah. Oh god. Oh god. You know what I mean? That's how it used to be for me. So I think it's Figuring out that way to get to that that plentifulness and then work back from that
0: that is like gonna make music you can really believe it, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, do you like usually write like verses in your like in your like own songwriting process?
1: Yeah. Ooh, I mean So
0: like why like verses instead of like choruses? Because no, so
1: what I mean is like once I have the chorus, I try oh, to Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so yeah. So yeah. Cool. You know, I wouldn't just. Yeah. Just do. Although that could be interesting. That no. could be what. I'm I'm an all-verse songwriter. 5%. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't do choruses,
0: man. I don't <laughs> so do choruses. That's not really my like yeah. thing. Yeah. So like, I don't want you to sing along. <laughs> <laughs> so with like your um, songwriting process, it's like always writing from the chorus. Is that kind of like I don't know. Like, try it turned into a rule, you think, or just just like just I mean, some people do say that. I think Rivers Cuomo from Weezer is like
1: start with the chorus because if you don't have a chorus, you got nothing. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I just kind of go pretty. Freestyle, pretty, yeah. uh, you know. I try to shut off my critical brain and
0: just let it rip, Ooh. and then, you know, turn it back on and give it a stuff. Yeah, I see, I see. So before we were like talking about how like, um, you know, the difference between like live arrangements and like yeah. studio recordings and stuff like that. So the Rts do do have an extensive time playing in bars and doing yeah. some, like bar gigs and things of that nature, like what were some of the most frustrating times you've had being in that sort of environment and what advice do you have to people that are trying to break through in that environment and trying to do gigs um in bars like like at a usual kind of like uh pace yeah um i don't know i mean i guess ultimately i don't know most things that
1: i would give people advice to not do or to avoid or things yeah. that I did, that I'm also like, I'm also like, if I hadn't done that, you know what I mean? Like, I think, yeah. I think I, um, like, for me, I, I've learned in in 10 years to ultimately, like, trust my own instincts yeah. and, like, be like, just do your thing and, like, let the chips fall where they may because, like, you don't know what, you can't read people's minds. Yeah, It's impossible. I don't get, these people who are able to successfully pander, I'm like, how do you do that? Yeah. Are you psychic? Like, yeah. how did you figure out what, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't relate to that ability at all. Yeah. I can only really try and find it within myself, something that really excites me mm-hmm. in that way, mm-hmm. and then try to translate that feeling and hope that it excites somebody else. Mm-hmm. But we spent I definitely spend a lot of time playing bar gates, trying to get people, like, i like be like, I'm gonna go tear it up tonight, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you play whatever cover you think is really gonna hit. And that's a
0: valuable skill, yeah. you know? To learn how to work a crowd. That's like a very old school way of learning yeah. how to play music. Yeah. Because um, is there like any like etiquette, you know, bands, artists should like follow like in the bar, um, you know, gig scene. I don't know. I I feel like now I'm out of it, so who knows? Oh, Okay, but back um, when you were like in it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess in general, I would say,
1: if you want to do that, like I would say also. Focus on recording and making your own stuff, and don't be like defined by
0: yeah.
1: playing out. I think that was oh, a, that was a mistake that yeah. we made. I think was that we cut our teeth, as they say. Yeah, you know, for like a long time playing in bars, and we're like, cool, we've been playing here for a couple of years. Let's make a record, and then you're like, we don't know how to make a record. You know what I mean? Like, oh. it's kind of like being like, yeah, we've been putting on these plays in the whatever, and they're doing really well, let's make a movie. Yeah. It's like, but who's going to run the camera? You know what I mean? Like, no one yeah. knows how any of this works. Yeah. No one speaks that other half of the language there. Yeah. So I think um, that's if you can if you can find a way to be also really making your own art for yourself, yeah. you know what I mean? Because if you're only making your art for other people, which is kind of what playing in bars is, Yeah. So you're going to have a hard time developing that compass that's like where that sweet spot is, yeah. And yeah. what you really believe in, and what they believe in. Yeah. The bar is, If you don't play exactly what people like, they're just gonna ignore you, and that's some sort of shit. It's like, you know what I mean? So you end up just being like, "All right, Wonderwall, here we go," and it's like, "That's great." And you might love Wonderwall, but you know what I mean? You you want to be—it's a quest to find your own voice too, because that's the thing that really hits. There's so many people that can sing Wonderwall and and bring the house down. There's only so many people
0: that can bring something they've written that's uniquely theirs and do the same thing. So it's like, yeah because um, I definitely understand what you mean kind of like only being used to like performing live and never yeah. really... yeah then you get the studio like, yeah <laughs> like why does it sound so bad <laughs> well, because you know working at like Pete's candy store yeah um, there's like um, you know I always see like single songwriters and like you know I've seen like plenty of single songwriters oh, yeah. that have amazing voices they can play guitar very well and stuff like that and I always, think about what their songs would be like in like full arrangements and yeah. stuff like that and like you know, obviously it's like good to have that confidence, you know, yeah. performing by yourself, but like I'm, like yeah. you know so there's a big difference in just being like a single songwriter and then like being able to kind of like take a single acoustic guitar and voice arrangement and making something more out of it for yeah. like a sort of like, you know, yeah. studio Recorded and we don't live in that world
1: that used to be in the '90s where you're like, I'm gonna play in coffee shops and eventually I'm gonna get discovered. Then I'm gonna get signed yeah. and then someone's gonna produce my record for me yeah. and hire incredible musicians and it'll be their vision how to make that leap. You have to figure that out for yourself now. Yeah. If you're playing, you know, what I mean, solo around New York or whatever mm-hmm. on a, on guitar, um, yeah, there's no one coming to find you right? yeah. and 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 make your record. Yeah. So so you need to figure.
0: Actually, that out. I've I've actually been like kind of like doing that lately, kind of like. Kind of like telling these like single songwriters, hey, you need some help. Yeah, yeah, you no, know, they're, they're songs, collaborating. And they're like, out there. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. Like, it's and like, that's like, what you should be looking for, maybe. maybe. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Because, yeah, very few people have that, like,
1: can play all the instruments and stuff like that mm-hmm. and be that person for themselves. And yeah, maybe that—that that, that yeah. is the answer, too, is like being really open to collaborators and yeah, not being yeah. like having this ego or whatever. You know, it's going to need to be equal because no one has any money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you to need to be able to collaborate on that level. You're not gonna, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Oh man. Because, um, <laughs> that's so funny, yeah. Nobody has any money, so like, oh. I'm sorry, that's that's just I can't really close the home, because. <laughs> <laughs> I have no money. Because I have yeah. <laughs> so like, the RTs have been a band for like 10 years. Yeah. That's like really incredible. Like, um, you guys haven't exactly breaking out into the mainstream but to still be a band for like 10 years how does some like what are your I don't know tips and tricks to like staying together for like 10 years without the passion dying Yeah, yeah and Yeah, just like ten. Yeah, I think think it definitely involves
1: a a lot of radical empathy. (laughs) Well, uh, radical empathy, like yeah, for the other people in the band, you know, you have to be able to empathize with them because you're not going to see eye to eye, or you're going to be. Irritated by things people are doing or whatever, and you just have to, you basically have to be able to put yourself in their shoes and figure out where they're coming from. Outside, like, you like know? do you mean like more like inter, interpersonal? Yeah, maybe just, or just or as much interpersonally as creatively, I'd oh, say. Okay, yeah. Just to be able to get through that part of it. The yeah, fact, I mean, here's the sheer sure fact you're going to spend that much time together and you're going to get really sick of each other. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys, do you know ten each other ten years. 10 years too?
0: Yeah, 10 years, yeah, uh, this year. But this year. I mean, it's more like, it becomes more like, oh, we had a little bit of a break though. <laughs> I just like went abroad. I mean, we yeah. went to the other hemisphere. Yeah, exactly. I need to They're find out like... who I
1: am outside of you, David. Exactly, David. Find
2: in,
0: myself. Yeah, no, no, Yeah.
2: yeah. No, like, I, I think it's really really important. Like what you're saying just right on because, like, in ten years, like so much just happens. Like in just yeah. daily lives, like people get married, have kids, it's hard to sort of like balance the whole. Yeah relationship, yeah, relationship with that. So I think it's really, really interesting. And I think it has
1: to be. Ultimately, if, I, if there's one thing that I can truly say, I would say it in the do's and don'ts thing. I think if there's one thing that I can objectively say is a mistake that this band has made as opposed to just a learning process, mm-hmm. it's trying too hard to figure out what other people want from us. So following trends, Yeah, whatever. And it's so funny because we're like so... Yes,
0: like kind,
1: it's kind it's of like phasing work. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. 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 So now we're on to try to be VZS. Oh. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Good
0: yeah, luck exactly. with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, you know, learning TikTok dances, yeah, you know, <laughs> <kinds of> <laughs> Yeah, everybody wants to see what of thirty-year-old white dudes learning TikTok dances. Yeah, that's one that. That's
0: my favorite pastime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, no, but that's like, um, but and I. That, yeah. So that's what I would say. It's just like is that side of it of like, um, not viewing that as I think for us it was like we had a band and we were friends and we loved playing music together and we loved playing music, and so it was like so how do we turn that into something, yeah. as opposed to like. How do we turn that passion and energy we have inward into creating something that really fuels us? Second, like we're we're at the point that I think a lot of bands would, to be really honest, have quit many years ago just because we haven't really had that breakthrough, like record deal, whatever it is that shows that you're like, you know, what I mean, you're not, you're making a career out of it, or it's, or you're breaking through, you're on the right path. But on an internal level, more so in the last two or three years than ever before, have we finally been like, uh, oh, we're so excited and proud of the music because we finally really cracked that code of the creative side of it Mm -hmm. to make something that we think is really unique and cool and trying to be boundary pushing in the way that we've always wanted to be as artists Mm -hmm. on an individual level. It was like on an individual level, we were like, man, I just want to make the coolest, most interesting music ever, like the stuff that I love, you know? Mm -hmm. And then in the band, it was like, oh, we have a band, and that's like, Here's the genres it exists in, and it's this. It can only be these things, and you can't really throw all those crazy ambitions at it. And like learning how to do that was the thing that allowed it to become this thing that's like so fulfilling now that it has longevity. Like the ultimate longevity comes from the fact that the band has to be able to be a format in which we can really, really push themselves. What was that to everybody that comes
2: on, like, how do you feel like New City has changed you as an artist and as a person?
1: That's a great question. Um, I mean, I, I would attribute almost everything, every change that I made as an artist in the last twelve years since I've been here, to having been in New York City. So I've been in New York City the whole time. Yeah, you basically like grew up, like became an adult in the city. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I mean, I guess there is that hu- there is that humility thing, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like there's always going to be someone better, more, than, better you. than you in New mm-hmm. York. You know what I mean so you're you're never going to get that big head that you might get somewhere else you can be a big fish in a small pond mm-hmm. um, so i don't i mean it's just it's just exposed me to its it's made my my world view, my ambitions very big mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and then it takes a very long time to live up to those ambitions mm-hmm. because yeah you have the best and you're always just all different types of people you have mm-hmm. so much input you know mm-hmm. how how long does it take to process that input
0: period output, you know mm-hmm oh that's a very yeah because like i've just been here i feel like i'm still working on like you know self-confidence so like for me it's just been it's a hard city to build up your self-confidence right (laughs) yeah yeah for sure yeah so like yeah that's it i feel like that's a very interesting
2: spark something
0: in him yeah (laughs) thank you thank you yeah (laughs) no but it's like yeah New York City, I feel like it like either builds you up, or like tear you down. The bed. I, I think
2: <laughs> I, it does both simultaneously. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Here's what I think babies would say is that, well you're gonna, I think the ultimate takeaway from that, I mean, it's just great to be inspired, and then it's like, I feel like realizing that you're never gonna actually be like better than everybody else the way right. you maybe would want to be, or maybe were in high school or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like. The only thing, and I think so many people talk about this, like, the only thing you will truly be better than everybody else at is being yourself. Mm-hmm. I know people say that a lot, but it's just like, you know, no one's going to be able to make the music in your head better than you. That right. kind of comes back to the thing I was saying about pandering. It's like, yeah. like you're the only one who can read your, you can't read anybody else's mind, but you really can not read yours, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's that becomes a takeaway. Like, you really see what everything is, yeah. and then you're like, well, I guess, guess I just got to do me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha.
2: Thanks so much for coming on. So I, think I think
0: you want nice. to have, like, just want to leave this with. Oh, like, okay. oh. a knowledge? Oh, and no, card yeah, card no, card no, card just, card card just card like yeah, promotion, whatever, yeah. But you oh, yeah. Um. Well, we just put out a new album called The RTs that you can find on streaming. Oh, um, shit, we did talk about the, uh, the uh, name change. The, the, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah we we talked about it. the name change. Yeah. 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 Yeah,
1: that's fine. so that's so, like a bonus thing. I mean, honestly, I, what, why So if, if you like you like are discovering us on this podcast, you're yeah. yeah, yeah, not going yeah. yeah. you, you to be able to re- realize that it yeah, in yeah. just hands. It's fine, We don't need to talk about it. They're encountering us as the RTs. Because I was, well, I was at a no, meeting of the Young Republicans of NYU,
0: and I
1: saw some other fellows in there that looked wonderful. They're really conservative. Yes, uh, uh, like dashing,
0: is... dashing mustaches as
1: well. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. As well.
0: yeah, yeah. Um, I saw seven other mustaches in the US <laughs> and I thought, these are my guys. Yeah. <laughs> we will storm the Capitol <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: The thing that yeah, happened a year
0: ago, oh my god. We'll have a band We will yeah. storm the, the Capitol. Capitol. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. That's pretty <laughs> hard. That's pretty hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but thank you so much oh, again for coming on. Yeah. And yeah, so. Um, the Rts. Is yeah. It, would you consider it kind of like a soft reset, with like the name change, or it's just like? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. a soft rebrand. Yeah. I mean. yeah. Um. Yeah,
1: and it's just you know, because the thing is, we aren't we, we are still that band. That is where we come from. Like you know, we come from playing in bar. Like I'm mm-hmm. saying, being a bar band. So we don't want to pretend like we just like. I don't. I always don't like when people do that, mm-hmm. where they try and you know. Which had, like, they just started this project. Mm. Yeah. It's such a weird phenomenon in music where like everyone has to build up to their debut album for like ten years. Yeah, right. Yeah, It's yeah. like, like wow, the I like, known like, that person for so long, yeah. and they've been putting out music this
0: whole time. <laughs> yeah. Why does it? Have, what is it about the debut album being so huge that has to happen? You make your debut once. Uh, once, once uh, a record labels can start to make money off of your yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. you. Do your do. Debut of yeah, debut being a slave to the system. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I'm looking forward to the uh, RT's real debut. Yeah, get, yeah, yeah. in exactly like a five-year contract that takes 90% of your revenue. Like, That's how yeah. right you, well, you really you made it, yeah. Once you get that 360 deal where they're getting a oh, yeah. cut of all
1: your Jeez, income. Yeah. I'm like getting my money that I make when I work as a PA. I'll yeah. <laughs>
0: No, 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 they can't. I, I the am it back up yeah. the record. Yeah. You know I mean? All right. Our uh, interface is telling us yeah, yeah, yeah. no more recording. So, right. yeah, guys. this has been another episode of Sounds Like NYC. See you in the next one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>